And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Buddy. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus starring the incomparable, the legendary Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you, are you primed? Are you ready? Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to take it? Are you ready to, to, to bring it around town? I, I, I think I need this. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, then, without any further ado... It's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. This episode of the Pope on Film requires more drugs. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Very much so. So how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, I've got some serious uh, issues with uh, death and the coronavirus that I've learned about recently. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, This is besides that, though. I guess everything's okay. Uh, A. YouTube channel just ended, and that meant a lot to 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 Bella and I. Okay. There was a there was a channel on YouTube called Unis Honest, and it was sort of an experiment. And all right, it was a Markiplier who's very popular, and then another guy, Ethan who has his own gaming channel and they decided to start a, a YouTube channel together and they would post a video a day, w- weird stuff, crazy stuff, adventures, whatever they wanted. And the whole concept was we will do a video a day for one year. And at the end of that one year, we will delete the channel and delete all of the videos. And, and the whole concept of the channel was memento mori. What would you do with your life if you literally knew the time that you had left? What would you fill that time with? Memento mori, everyone dies. And, and every video began and ended with a clock that counted down the exact amount of time that the channel had left. And Bella really got into it and she would watch it a lot. And then I started watching it and then Maxwell was watching it with her. And then Eleanor was watching it with her. And it got to the point where Unis Honest was just this big part of our lives. And we really liked it and we watched it all the time. And uh, Saturday, Friday? Yeah. Friday the 13th at midnight, like Pacific time. They they did a well they did a twelve hour live stream and at midnight on Friday the thirteenth they deleted the channel and I was surprised yeah. at how moved I was by that you know just a year of every day watching these videos and they were really funny and some of them were crappy and some of them were stupid but just like 
the and then and then seeing the way that so many other people reacted to it, I, I kind of liken it to an upbeat YouTube Midsommar cult. Okay. And so I was surprised at how upset I was when they finally did delete the channel. You know? Yeah. And so many people were like, oh, please don't delete the channel. Maybe the clock can reset. Maybe this and that. And and they said that, like, no, no, that's the whole concept of this. Time is fleeting. All of us have all of us have a clock that is counting down and and we all have a finite time and in this entire channel the the concept is is that you know we all have this clock and we need to do what we can with it and so the death of that youtube channel collided with my own obsession with donald p tice and my uh coronavirus my post coronavirus malaise and and i don't know i I'm, i've got a lot of issues with death right now yeah. that i that i am dealing with but beyond that everything's been great the youtube channel's been good uh teaching the kids has been good they had a really good week eleanor's been working on her numbers and so I'm trying to get her to recognize her numbers and she was having a hard time with it. So what I've been trying to do is to just give each number a character. You see five, that's a regular number, but you see that circle there? It's pregnant. <laughs> you see three, that one's easy. What's three, Eleanor? It's a butt, that's right. The number three is a butt. Number four has a little pizza in it, and that makes sense because when you cut a pizza, a lot of times you're cutting four slices. So number four is a pizza. Number nine. Oh yeah, there you go. Number nine is a balloon held by a creepy clown in the sewer. So we've been having a lot of fun with that, and uh, uh, this week was the next to last episode of Supernatural, and that was that was. A lot. And uh, I don't know. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How are you doing, Bunny? Well, let's, let's start it a little easy. Uh, I saw okay. three from hell. And, and, and apparently Sean Whalen is in that film. Sean Whalen? Yes. Is He's that who that guy was? Sean Whalen is, is so so in Tammy and the T-Rex, there's the angry boyfriend, and then he has his group. Yeah. You know, gang. But one of them has the creepiest smile that you've seen in about 150 different movies. Yes. He has a small part. He's like a bit actor. Yeah, that's Sean Whalen. He, He's one of the was, gang. Yeah, he was one of the gang. And I'm looking at his credits and I'm like, he was in this TV show and this TV show and this movie 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 and three from hell. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Apparently he's in three from hell. I yeah. don't know if I want to watch it again to find out. Really? Okay. Tell me all about it because I haven't now, bothered to see it. Okay. See, I really like the House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. Me too. And I really—I mean, it had some problems, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I liked these characters for the sadistic fucks that they were. 
And then you go to the Devil's Rejects, which was like a hardcore version of House yeah. of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Because House of a Thousand Corpses still had a sense of humor about itself. Yeah. And the Devil's Rejects didn't. You know? Yeah. But I was still kind of, I was still interested in watching these people, you know? And it had a very simplistic plot, you know, but it was kind of fun to watch them. You know, cops show, try to arrest them. They run. They're on the run from the law. That's the fucking movie. Yeah. You know, that's the plot. That's all there is. Yeah. From there, it's a series of situations they get from point A to point B. So we're not talking about a deep movie. You know, but but I still find the characters interesting. And I find it interesting that they grew out of House of a Thousand Corpses. You know? Yeah. yeah. But then coming into Three from Hell. Okay. Uh, and on top of it, I like a lot of I like a lot of a lot of other Rob Zombie's zombie works. I, I read, think I like more Rob Zombie movies than I don't like Rob Zombie movies. I read somewhere that Rob Zombie is the Rob Zombie of movies. Yes. I really liked that. That's a good explanation. So first off, that you're going to make a third movie. And your plan is to just deus machina them out of a horrendous massacre. Yes. That they were, okay, you know, but like, okay, Rob Zombie, I like you. I like these characters. I want to see, you know what? I'll give you a miss on that if you give me a good fucking movie. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'll forget the end of the last, the end of the last movie and go with it. Okay, but you still ask me to fucking swallow a lot here. Yeah, and then this movie was the Devil's Rejects with no plot at all. I have no idea what they were fucking doing in this movie. It was just like them, you know. Baby yeah. was crazier and Ugh. a lot darker. Yeah. Yeah. Sid Haig was gone. Yeah. So it's like completely detached from House of a Thousand Corpses now. You know? And it's like, man, you know, there's so much better that you could have done. Yeah. You know? Bring them back as fucking zombies. How about that? Bring them back as ghosts. Any of those would have been a better, would have been a, would have been tolerable. Show them each in a hospital bed unconscious with tubes and everything coming out of them. And show me a movie with these three in hell. How about that? You know, so like they are, they're like half dead, half alive, and they are just in hell. 
do something interesting. But but no, the it I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to say just jump the fucking shark with this one. There's just nothing interesting about it. It's it's nothing that I haven't seen. You know? Yeah. Go go watch Devil's Rejects again. House of a Thousand anything worth it. House of a Thousand Corpses seemed more like tongue in cheek, sort of lighthearted, and then Devil's Rejects just seemed a bit more hardcore. And then I was interested to see like where this third movie fit in to that. It, like how it fits in. So first off, they're not dead. <laughs> okay. So we like just right there. To, we just have to get over it. I mean, even though at the end of the Devil's Rejects, they were riddled with bullets in that convertible for the entire length of Freebird. Yeah. Okay, nobody can survive getting shot that time. They should have been mashed potatoes. Yeah. Like there shouldn't have even have been bodies left after that much bullet fire. Okay. Yeah. But they lived. <laughs> there was like no even like mention of uh a hospital stay or anything like that. There was talk about a trial and then they were in jail and I missed something. Yeah. I don't know why Otis didn't go to jail and they have some pathetic footage that breaks my heart of Sid Haig because mm. you could see that this was his last fucking day's he looked yeah. like a man who was just about to die, and then he fucking did. Yeah. You know? So, like, I think you could have spared us that shit. You know? And then, of course, Sid Haig is the only one who died in this movie. In the beginning. And yeah. Otis was around free, and Baby was in jail. And baby was really dark and insane. She's trying to do Harley Quinn now, basically. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, is Cherry Moon Zombie is getting older. And I kind of enjoy seeing this. But she's starting to look more like Mother Firefly from The Devil's Rejects. And they did way too many close-ups on her. So you could see like wrinkles coming into into Sherry Moon Zombie, you know, and like the cute is really starting to wear off now. <laughs> so your sad. cutesy routine is getting kind of weird, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, um, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Kind of weird. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, no, I can picture that in my head. 
and you and and it is sad because you can tell that that's not really what they're going for, but this is how it's coming off. Yeah, yeah, but there's really not much worth saying more about this movie. Don't do it. You've seen it. If you've seen The Devil's Rejects, you've seen this movie. All this is kind of just no big deal. Yeah. It it it, it meanders. That may be a good way of putting it. Yeah. The movie just meanders. It's not really going anywhere. Yeah. So... I'd rather not have to see another one of them, and I'm sorry to have to say that. Yeah. That sucks. But also not surprising. Also not surprising. I mean, I don't I don't get Rob Zombie where he could do such good work and then miss it so fucking bad. Like like not just crank out a not just crank out a bad movie or you know, this isn't Scorsese's best work, you know, or something like that. Yeah. He puts out a piece of shit on toast. Like, do you know anything about filming? I mean, I look at your other movies, you do. What happened? <laughs> yeah. I can only assume that part of his problems has to do with the fact that people just won't trust him with a budget anymore. Yeah. So it's like yeah. three from hell backed by GoFundMe, you know? Like like yeah. that sort of But then let's get to, to kind of the elephants of the room and why we're back on Zoom. Yeah. There's a couple of other things there that I just kind of want to talk about. But just before the show, I was going to go and test the, test the screens, make sure everything was ready with the feed. I did a lot to the feed that should have worked perfectly fine. Okay. The, our last stream was close to fucking perfect. Okay. Yeah. We had a small confusion about whether we had sound going out to screens that we shouldn't have had sound for, but we did, so it was okay. And then if you listen to the playback, you have a nasty fucking echo. Yeah, I did. I did listen back to it and notice. So So I'm assuming that that's why uh, the last uh, live stream didn't have the most views in the world I, I I haven't looked at the views yeah I I haven't been looking at the views um but now now I'm like okay well I heard the feedback and it was like fuck I should have thought of that I know what's causing the feedback it's the microphone okay because I haven't been using my normal microphone that I've always used for the podcast yeah, this one right here because it's an XLR microphone. Okay, which you can pick these up so fucking cheap at the pawn shop, thanks to Dead Garage Bands. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They get out of high school, they sell off all their equipment and get real jobs. So pawn shops, like like where I got this one, fucking guy had a like a milk crate box full of just XLR microphones. <laughs> and I got this one for like I think fifteen dollars. So they're really cheap. And the thing about this microphone is that this is the microphone I always I always used. Now, if you remember back in the previous apartment how loud the fucking air conditioner was? Yeah. And you would never hear that on the podcast. I mean, I would have to do a little noise reduction, but even just listening to it back, I could not hear the air conditioning. Because this has a very like tight radius and noise reduction and things like that built into it. But it's XLR. I'm now going into the computer, so I need a, a, a USB. And the other microphone is a USB. But that fucking microphone picks up every goddamn thing. So you're, you're echoing. You know, the sound that I'm hearing was going into the microphone and back out again. Yeah. So I got, I'm like, okay, well, I know how to fix that. And I went on and I got a, uh, and who yeah, knew well, it even actually existed? It is an XLR to USB converter cable. Okay. So this should help with the echo. That was the problem. But I don't know if you're noticing the pattern here, but every time we're having a technical problem, like, stream of one type yeah. or another, the problem is a sound. Out, yeah. like not it's never the video. Yeah. It's never the screens or anything like that. So I plugged this microphone in and I didn't test anything, unfortunately. I didn't think of testing anything. And uh I'm sorry, I knocked the camera down. I got to do something. It's all fucking distracting me now. Yeah. That good out there. And I spent a good lot of time working on the screens and the actual production of the show. So I added a bunch of screens and things like that. But I didn't touch the cameras, and I didn't touch any of the audio. I just made up some additional screens and things like that. <clears throat> and then, then, like, before showtime, it was like, okay, I have everything together. Let's just give it a test, and everything should be fine, and I do a test. And this is an hour before the show, and there is no fucking sound. And I'm trying to figure out what the fuck, why there is no sound, and I'm checking settings everywhere, and I can't get sound. Now, I, I have a good idea what's wrong, but at that point, there's nothing I could do about it. We have a show, we got to fucking start. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. all I'm doing is stressing myself out further and further 
So here we are on Zoom. But the thing is, is that because everything comes down to sound and everything I've been working on and trying to fix is all about the sound. When I look at my Windows sound, with everything shut down, without, without the streaming pro software running, without Zoom software running, or anything like that, I go in there, I have a fuckload of sound devices. Yeah. So I think basically what happened is I plugged this microphone in, and Windows finally decided, all right, look, what the fuck do you want me to use here? <laughs> you know? So if I think I get that cleaned out, that'll fix it. Okay. You know? But I'm going to strip everything down to, to bare minimums and testing step by step of the way. Other than that, the actual screens are coming out beautiful. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, I have my checklist screen, and that's all it is. It's a checklist, so I could see it in the streaming software while I'm setting up the stream and getting everything ready to go. I can look at my checklist to make sure I'm doing everything. And then what I had been using for what I call the pre-roll screen, which is the screen that I am actually streaming before we actually start broadcasting. And it was that Midsommar one with the Pope on film that blinks on and off and the bubbles. Okay. And then I decided it would be really good if we had our theme song there. And I tried that. We streamed like that. And all I could think of is that's got to get as annoying as fuck listening to until we, whenever we actually start the show. I love our theme song, but it can get on your nerves. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I made a still, just a picture for the pre-roll screen that just says, you know, the Pope on the Pope on film will be streaming shortly. And that's it. I'd like to go back and pretty it up, but that's what that's what the people on Facebook are going to see before the show starts. Now that Midsummer thing, what I did with that is, and I got to do it again because it was a rush job and it doesn't look that great, but I turned it into a title sequence instead. Okay. So that the song plays once, you see in the Midsommar with the flashing Pope on film and the bubbles, and then it would be uh, starring the Reverend Steve Galindo and Bunny Williams. I think that's all it says. And it does that for the length of the theme song. And then we would jump in there. Okay. You know, so it's like, so we have the, the, the still image up, and we're streaming, and you and I are sitting back here. All right, are you ready to go? 
I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Ready to go. Okay, now we're ready to start the show. Then I'll hit the opening, and it'll be that midsummer with the credits. And as soon as that finishes, I'll hit the Pope on film screen, and we'll go into the show. Yeah. Okay. So I did all that, and that shouldn't have, uh, have affected anything. And they look really good. I've tested them out. Uh, and then it was the normal Pope on film page for the opening and the one shots, the, you know. Um, then, then it goes to the breaks, and I really love this this week's breaks that nobody's getting to see. So they'll see it the next time we stream, and I'll come back around to the to the breaks. Then I decided that I wanted to try to expand what I was doing. Okay, so like all of those screens is what's called a screen collection. Okay. And you can have as many screen collections as you would like, and you can export them as a file. So you have them saved and you can import them. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. So, so far, our scene collection has just been the Pope on film. And all of the scenes have been in there. Okay. Okay. And I just go from screen to screen to screen and click down. But that's getting kind of cluttered if I want to be able to expand production. Okay. So what I did is I took the whole thing. And I cut it for everything before Bunny Versus, because Bunny Versus is just going to be the test shot. And then I made a scene collection for Bunny Versus. And then I made a scene, a scene collection for everything that happens after Bunny Versus. Okay. Yeah. So now... And I tested it out, and it works pretty nice. So we'll start the show, pre-roll, title, Pope on film. We're into the show. We're doing the show, la, la, la. First break, hit the break, roll on the break. When I come back from break in that same collection, I hit the Pope on screen film. Uh, I hit the Bunny versus screen. Yeah. Now, the Bunny versus Collection starts with the same screen. So when okay. I flip connect, so, so it's going to be the Bunny versus screen. Then I'm going to switch collections, and it's still going to be the Bunny versus screen. Okay. Okay. And that works pretty well. There's just a brief second where the screen goes black while it loads the other profile. And I, I, I think I can figure out some ways around that. 
But now Bunny Versus is a collection on its own. So what I did in Bunny Versus is I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And the best way to think about it is I sent it up, set up kind of like a PowerPoint presentation. Okay. So I made a bunch of screens for Bunny Versus for the different things I wanted to talk about. So as Bunny Versus is going, I could switch screens. Yeah. And it had a little picture in the middle, and it had its own little title for the sub, you know, for the subject and all that kind of stuff. And it looked really cool. And then after that, then I would load in the last collection. Okay. Yeah. And that collection would finish out the rest of the show. And the point of this is to try to get it so that we can work in collections and still have it look nice. So then we're only working in a, in a single collection. Okay. And we're only using the screens that we need to do. It's, it's like setting up the bit. Okay. So like, it's kind of hard to explain. Okay. So you're doing S Steve's historic approximations. Okay. Yes. And you decide you like my screen. So my screen is still there. Okay. But you want to put up pictures. All right. Yeah. So I give you a Steve's historic approximation collection that you would work in OBS yourself. Okay. okay. So that you can add pictures. Okay. So you're doing a Steve's historic approximation on the Noid. So you're going to want to show a picture of the Noid. Well, you would put that on a separate screen and just switch to the screen. And I think I'm going to drop that there. You'll see it when you see it, and you'll understand better when you see it. Okay. Okay? But it'll make things a lot... It'll make, it'll make the show better. And that's really all I'm, what I'm really about with the streaming. And even though it's being really problematic in spots, it's not that hard. It's just these weird problems that are coming up. But once I have those problems straightened out, then we're not going to touch those anymore. Okay. And it's all screens. You know? Yeah. So I take all that shit in a folder, name that folder, don't touch this shit. Mm. And you just do all this stuff underneath it. You know. Yeah. Man, there was a lot I wanted to say. Let me just save it for the rest bunny verses and let me just go on and talk about the breaks and finish up with the breaks. And the thing is, and I hope this is a lot more interesting than what I've been talking about. 
So I want to back up a bit and talk about having built this new computer. Okay? And the whole point of this is how much moving into a new computer is like moving into a new house or apartment. Yeah. Okay? So the computer's all built, and it's sitting there, and there's nothing on it but windows. This is pretty much when you have gone and you've seen the apartment. You've decided this is the apartment that you want to move to. You sign your lease, and yeah. you have an empty apartment. Okay. So now you go back to where you are currently living, and now you've got to finish packing everything up. Okay. And since you know you're going to be moving anyway, maybe you start some of this early, you start packing early and things like that. So uh, I will be going through my laptop and being like, okay, uh, Bob's Dirty Shorts. I'm not doing anything with Bob's Dirty Shorts in the immediate future. I'm zipping up that whole folder. And I'm archiving it. Um, the Pope on the Pope's hyperactive fun time show. I'm not doing anything with that in the immediate future. I am zipping it up, putting it aside. This is taking everything on the hard drives and putting it into boxes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what do you start packing first? You, you start with what is all the stuff I am not going to miss for the next month in the moving process. And you pack up all that shit. Yeah. First. It's like, yes. okay. Now it's two weeks. What can I deal with not having for two weeks? Well, maybe I could deal with not having DVDs and Blu-rays and shit like that. Maybe, maybe that, and maybe that all gets boxed up. So this is the same thing. It's just with folders. I'm boxing up things like Bob's Dirty Shorts and all of that, things that I'm not expecting to use in the near future, and I'm putting them on an external hard drive. And then I start moving them over. I pack them into the car. That's the external hard drive. And I drive it to the new apartment. And I plug the external hard drive into the new apartment, parking the car in front. And then carrying those files into that new apartment. So now I have a whole bunch of zip files and things like that. This is all just stuff in boxes. Some stuff we leave in the car, you know? Yeah. Some stuff you have to open immediately. And while you're doing it, you want to make sure that everything is organized because you want a nice organized start in your new apartment. Okay? And that's what this is. 
So coming around to doing these breaks for this screen meant that I had to open up a lot more boxes that I hadn't opened and a lot of boxes I haven't opened in a while to find interesting, fun stuff for the breaks. Like what? And it became just this nostalgic walk down, down memory lane, both for the Pope on film and the Church of Ed Wood and on Dead Cow Studios and all that. So I have an outro of you that I did in 2D animation for the Pope's hyperactive fun time where you're like, we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back in a moment. Or maybe we won't be back. Maybe we're going to die. You know? Nice. And it's just a nice, fun little bit. And I'm like, well, fuck it. Why don't I use that to go out on break with? And I had another one of you from there. Um, well, no, not another outro, but I have, I have you doing the Pope on film Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I remember that. I remember that. I love that one. You remember that? Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent remember that. So I have that in there. Cool. And then like a Bob's Dirty Shorts each one, or but you know, um. Oh, man, I can't remember everything. I did them last night, and I haven't slept, and now I'm high. So I don't remember everything that's in the breaks, but it was just a walk down memory lane. Nice. And we have, and we have, these are, these are good breaks that are, like, totally ours. You know, like, yeah. I didn't snag a cartoon from anywhere or anything else, you know. I did like I did like uh, Bimbo's initiation though being on there that was cool. It had to be Bimbo for the first one. It had to be damn Bimbo. Yeah. Uh, and there are a fuckload of really cool Max Fleischer, but it also seems like the breaks ten minutes seems to be the sweet spot for the breaks. Yeah. Or then it starts getting old, so it's like I'm just gonna have to hurry. Uh. And it's really convenient that I can watch the stream in the smoking room on my tablet. So I pretty much know when to come back. Yeah. And start the show again. So that's really handy. Um, But this was just fun. Um, Black Dress Warehouse. I included Black Dress Warehouse this time. Um. I forget if I included it or not, or not, but I found a. Oh, what was it? Red Nameless, Rubber Ball. No, I did Red Rubber Ball. Nameless Henchman Nameless, Warehouse. Nameless Henchman Warehouse. Yes. Yeah. Which I think I think is also across the street from the Chicory Dump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and just a lot of just fun stuff. Yeah, that's ours. Um, I found yeah, that's that's ours. Yeah, I found you in the parking lot of Home Depot singing to people, making yeah. up songs about the people in the parking lot. 
I remember that. That was a good one. This is awesome. This is going into the breaks. Yeah, that was cute. I like that. They had short hair, I think. So I'm kind of thinking, so like some of the things I'm planning on for the future of the stream, because I'm going to get it fixed again. Uh, for the breaks, I am thinking of resurrecting the Pope's hyperactive fun time show. Oh. That's break length. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good okay. idea. Because we have such a great opening for that. Yeah. With the with the with the Woody and Flag and Ed yeah. Wood in the background and then getting into the title sequence with the guy in the in the electric chair. Yeah. You know. And then we'll we'll add different bits and then roll back into the show and just set it, you know, make a series and maybe I'll just do it for one break. Just make that one break. The first break is the Pope's hyperactive fun time show. And that'll be it. And then uh, I'll do as many of those I can until I run out of the footage. And I'll wind up using that other place, man. It'll be in serious win. It'll be in fucking Dr. Vornoff. Anytime where I have somebody needing to watch shit on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's going to be some offshoot of the Pope on film. You know? Um, so then maybe I make a different show and reuse all the footage again with the different show for the second break so I can mix and match until I can come up with some other ideas. Yeah. But that's, and that's the future of the breaks. The future of the stream itself is getting it into scene collections like I was kind of talking about before. And I don't want to get into it again. You'll see what I'm talking about when you see Bunny Versus. Hey, I had a stream again. You'll see what I'm talking about easier. Hey, I had an idea of uh, maybe uh, old school streaming Steve's historic approximations here on my tablet. The way I used to back in the day, where if I had a oh. if I had a shaft that was really good, I just set up my old tablet like really crappy and just film myself doing it. Yeah, yeah. I I actually have it all set up right here, ready to go. I just need to press the live button. It's very low def, old school. I would be streaming on the Pope on film. Yeah, yeah. Go It'd for be it. crappy. Yeah, it'd be crappy, but uh, I, this is a really good story. So, uh, starting live video. There you go. Okay. So, technically, we should be live right now. So, that's exciting. So, then, once we get it set down to scene collections, yeah, then I'll be showing you how to do your own scenes. And then I'll set up the remote control so you can go through the screens when you're ready. Yeah. So again, Steve's approximations as an example. You know? 
then I will check out that plugin for sending the stream to to multiple streaming places. Yeah. Because I've seen a plugin that's supposed to allow you to split the stream so you can broadcast the same stream to YouTube, to Facebook, to Twitter, to anywhere that you can send a stream to. So then we could start streaming everywhere possible. Which would be awesome. And at that point, I think I'm going to hold off on improving the stream. Like, like we're, we're going to stop there and just do some shows. You know, work the kinks out of the presentations, all that kind of stuff. Now... Here's an interesting twist. Okay. okay. I took a look and the URLs, the popeonfilm.com and undeadcow.com are both available again. Really? So I can get both of them for two years for $80. Okay. Okay, so that's good right there. Now, since I am back into building computers, I have a computer that's not doing much. The only thing it's doing is it's running my Plex server and it's acting as backup storage. So those two things. So I'm thinking of doing some upgrades to that machine so it can do a bit more. I'll put in a five terabyte hard drive and I'll set up another web server. My own web server on that machine. Okay. So So I'll have to set up the feed again, and then I'll take that feed, and I'll send the feed that's coming directly off of our website to SoundCloud, to MixCloud, to iHeartRadio, to all that. Yeah. And I believe I would – so in that way, I believe we could still be on SoundCloud by just changing the feed, and we would be on SoundCloud for free. Awesome. Okay. I see what you're saying. And SoundCloud is something like 150 bucks a month, uh, a year. Sorry, 150 bucks a year, I think. Jeez. I would have to check with Jeannie for what it currently is. <laughs> oh, guys. So that'll also help cut costs. But like with anything technical, the, the more you're willing to do yourself, the more power you have. Yes. Okay. So if I put up my, my own web server, it opens up a lot of other possibilities. Like I would actually be able to write an app for the Pope on film. 
so that if you wanted to watch the stream, you would watch it on the Pope on Film app. If you wanted to listen to past episodes, it would all be on the Pope on Film app. All right, so this is going to go Including about our shorts and our breaks and all that. And. And I can also take all that and then much more easily put up a Pope on Film Roku channel. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Eddie Wood video is still like a really good idea and uh, maybe I'll go back to that. I don't know, but I think the next step would be let's just do a Pope on Film channel. And after we stream them, we'll put them on the Pope on Film channel on the Roku. So if you have Roku, you can access our show. We can put up we can put up whatever other content we want to do. Like um like with the stream, okay. Because it's yep. still all going to be based around the stream, okay? Because it makes it makes the presentation nice. But maybe Doctor Vonoff will start horror hosting public domain movies. You know, that'd be cool. Maybe he's the one who'll do that, or or you know whatever. Maybe we do special commentaries as a separate stream. For all the movies that have Woodmas Holidays, like Jailbait, Plan Nine from Outer Space, you know, let's let's make the the Woody and Holiday specials, you know, yeah. And I thought because a, a lot of new technology has come out that's made this easier. I just haven't messed with it too terribly much. But it's a lot easier to catch what somebody looks like from a picture into a 3D model than it used to be. Okay. So what I would like to do is I'd like to get some pictures of you and make a better model than I have than the Albert B. Fall model that I used. Yeah. You know, get something that looks like you. Except dress different. So we're, we're going to get you some robes. And we're going to put you at the pulpit of the Woodian church. And then I want you to read... I want you to send me just audio of you reading some of the lessons of wood. Wow. This is a, this is a big undertaking. Yeah. Okay. We'll start slow. <clears throat> yeah. We'll start slow. And I think that's where I want to leave it from now. I actually have a, Buckload more to say. I've been having like a, a a lot of really huge creative bursts lately. That's good. And that's not all of it yet. But I'm really excited about the streaming, and I'm excited in the directions that this can take us. 
And yeah. I, I think it's really going to be good. And it, I, I think I think it's all going to be worth these ass aches that we're going through right now. Yeah. I'm down for that. So that is it. So that is it. Um, confidence is still high. Good, good, good. Um, good. I don't want to do the coronavirus, the coronavirus <laughs> tagline anymore. Okay. Uh, so I need a new tagline. You need a new tagline. You need a new tagline. I buy that for a dollar. No. A a pollster that, Jesus. Nonstick pads, yes, please. I like that. I'm going with that. So, yes. This week's bunny versus tagline nonstick pads. Yes, please. Nice. I came up with that one. That one was me. And cut on that. 